0: Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is the Jones Report postgame report here on this Martin Luther King Day. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to look back on the NFL Divisional Weekend. And we'll look ahead to the conference championship games as well as we are down to the final four teams before we have our Super Bowl Sunday matchup. A reminder, as always, to subscribe to The Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. New episodes each and every Monday and Thursday of The Jones Report. This show, the post-game report, and then Thursday... The normal show that's two plus hours with the guests and the pick segment and all that uh, great stuff on uh, the Thursday show. So, certainly encourage you to check out both those things. Also, to check out the Let's Go Racing with David Starr podcast. New episodes out each and every week as well on those same platforms as well as YouTube. Also, on social media, would appreciate a follow there at Tyler Jones Live on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Jones underscore report on Instagram. TJ Media Group on Facebook and Twitter is where you can find us there. And I would love it to hear from you on those social media platforms. And the way that we start out these Monday shows, as we've done throughout all the football season, is just a simple question. What did we learn from over the weekend? And there's a lot of different directions that we could go with this question. What I learned over the weekend... and We kind of already knew this, but it was more so a reassurance. It was uh, something that is now signed, sealed, delivered, it's done for, is Tom Brady winning the marriage over Bill Belichick. I think that's one of the biggest storylines of this season. doesn't matter if the Bucs go to the Super Bowl or not. Um, What we saw out of Tom Brady this weekend, and he didn't, didn't play great by any means, but the fact that the way he rallied his team with uh, turning those three turnovers into points and capitalizing on those mistakes with the 40 touchdown season he had with winning 11 games over the Bucks this year, that Tom Brady has this marriage over uh, you know Bill Belichick, this divorce is is his. That uh, Tom Brady has taken care of business here, and it's so impressive to me that. You don't even have to like Tom Brady, but you have to respect Tom Brady. To be playing at this point in his career, you know, 43, 44 years old, whatever he is now, and to still be competing for a conference championship at this point is just remarkable. Um, I saw the great stat uh, today that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, who we love to make fun of on this show have not been to the NFC title game since 1996. And in that time period, now since 97, uh, Tom Brady has been to more NFC championship games than the Dallas Cowboys have. Um, This is remarkable what Tom Brady's done just to get to this point, to this NFC title game, doing it without O.J. Howard, with uh, the way that he was able to rally in uh, Rob Gronkowski in that trade, or Antonio Brown, and not having any issues with Antonio Brown this season. Credit where credit's due to Tom Brady that, um, you know, there were so many folks that said with Tom Brady uh, that, you know, he may have been a product of the system or that Belichick was uh, the reason behind all his success. And here he is making his own path. He doesn't have anything to prove at this point except to himself that he could do this without Bill Belichick, and he's proven that now. To get to this point, um, it is one of, if not the stories of the season, Tom Brady getting to the NFC title game, doing it in the other conference, a team that had not won a playoff game since 2003 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What an accomplishment by Tom Brady. We'll talk about that more coming up on today's show. But we're on a start, as we always do, is with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs with a 22-17 win over the Cleveland Browns, and they advance to the AFC Championship game for the third straight year. It's also the third straight time that the Chiefs are hosting the AFC title game. The only other time that a team has hosted three straight conference title games was Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles there in the mid-2000s. They did the same thing. But this game for the Chiefs, uh, they came out red hot, there was questions about if this team was going to be rusty, since they hadn't played in two weeks for the starters at that point. Since they rested the Chargers game and had the bye week last week, but there was no rust at all. The offense came out firing. The Chiefs looked like they were in complete control of this game, but I don't have much help from his offensive line. Uh, you know, we knew going into this game that we're behind. Did a great job of getting pressure on Baker Mayfield. And, you know, out there, despite the offensive line issues, and uh, when Baker went to possibly steal this one away, and um, you would have to say to yourself, okay, what's going to be the unlucky thing going their way? Then there's no stopping these guys. Some for the game that he wasn't going to play, the line shifted two points. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz we found out ready to uh, suit up at this point Um, you know there there was some things to point to that you said all right though you wish you had those guys Sammy Watkins wasn't able to go but those wasn't the the big factor as far as okay what's going to be the thing you cannot do without and then we finally get to the second half and there was that thing that happened the thing you can't do do without, and that was Patrick Mahomes going down, and uh, you know we're still trying to figure out if it was a concussion or if it was something with the neck, the reports have been both ways out on there, I'm not going to report one way or the other, when the facts unfold themselves, we'll find out what they are, um, we'll just leave it at that as far as that goes, but with him going down, that opened a door of some sorts, because you could not run the same office, and... Then we see that the Chiefs, um, you know, looked like they were moving as an interception. That was a bad play by Chad Henney there. But other than that, that one mistake, um, Chad Henney did everything that you could have asked for and then some. Andy Reid, when you look back at this win for the Kansas City Chiefs over the Cleveland Browns, um, Andy Reid outcoached Kevin Stefanski. And Stefanski's had a great year with the Cleveland Browns. But nonetheless, Stefanski's done a heck of a job. But Andy Reid, with the aggressive play calling, um, it it was had a dumb challenge, and then there was another play that he didn't challenge. uh, On got got very uh, conservative in the short passing game. They weren't taking any. And Andy Reid, I've said for a long time, you know, he's one of the top two coaches in football, only behind off on Sunday so big red uh Chiefs Kingdom ought to be pointing to big, big certainly for Chad Henney doing his part there down the stretch uh but for Andy Reid and Eric G- uh to get that done and when you looked at the run game for the Chiefs have uh you know C- CHE as we mentioned um that you know Clyde was 23 yards on the ground um, that was surprising to see Daryl Williams get more of that workload. Travis Kelsey and, and uh, Tyree Kill were both phenomenal in the receiving game um, with over 110 yards receiving for both those guys. Um, j- just great performances. And the, the, when I go back to point to Andy Reid and Eric Biennium both with their play calling and the schemes that they put together, um, what they did so well with these guys – is to get them so wide open from time to time. The fact that they were able to scheme these guys, take advantage of the Browns' defense, and just get these guys wide open. Um, you know, you, you'll take these guys every day one on one in coverage, obviously, but it's a whole other story when you get these guys just wide open, and they were able to scheme Tyreek and Travis wide open numerous times all day long and it was phenomenal to see mccall hardman was fine Uh, he had four catches 58 yards um you would still like to see playoff sammy watkins show up uh in the afc championship game next week as much as you liked what you saw from hill and kelsey um it wouldn't hurt to have sammy back of some sorts i think there was that spark that they were still kind of looking for of some sorts but Uh, Great performance offensively from the Chiefs. To rally like they did, there was probably some times that um, you felt like maybe they left some points on the board or maybe they didn't move the ball quickly enough of sorts. But um, when push came to shove, when it came to closing this game out, their big-time players made big-time plays in big-time moments. And that's all you can ask for in actuality. Uh, Defensively. The Chiefs defense that first half, holding Cleveland to just three points, that was one of the best halves of football I've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs all season long. Best uh, half of football in a while uh, of what they were able to do to slow down Cleveland. And you know they, they had that one play towards, I believe it was towards the end of the second quarter, uh, where uh, Dan Sorensen forced the uh, ball out of the end zone for a touchback and what could have been seven points for Cleveland. Now, you know, people will point to saying it's a terrible rule and such that, uh, you know, that shouldn't result in a touchback of some sorts. I'm not here to debate that rule uh, in all honesty, Um, but what I will say is that and it almost hurts me to say this, credit to Dan Sorensen for making a play. Now, you could point to, you could argue, well, he should have been called for helmet-to-helmet contact. But nonetheless, he made a play in a big moment there. And that was a seven-point swing for the Chiefs. That was arguably the difference in the ball game, was uh, points off the board. So what a job that was in a momentum shift. You could just feel it when... For all intents and purposes, if uh, Higgins doesn't get that score, if he's down at the one, that possession. So um, the Chiefs defense made plays. And the pass, uh, Ligeria Snead had the only only, uh, sack of the day, but they were given fits for that Browns offensive line. They made Baker throw under pressure all day long. And that's what you want to see from the Chiefs defense. Um, is uh, what they were able to do there. So I like what I saw from the Chiefs defense uh, to step up like they had in particular in that first half. The honey badger, Tyron Matthew, he collected his rent. He got an interception. As we've said since the second half of this season, Tyron Matthews played the best football of his career right now. And the landlord, he collected that rent and he stepped up on Sunday. Great game from Tyron Matthew. He also led the team in tackles with uh, seven tackles as well in uh, that performance. So great job by Tyron Matthew. He's going to be pivotal for the Chiefs if, uh, they're gonna, if uh, they can come through and win this, uh, this Super Bowl at this point in time. And while I liked what I saw from Chad Henney other than that interception, the way that the Bills are playing, and we'll talk more about this later, if Patrick Mahomes can't give it a go, uh, Buffalo will win this game. And doesn't matter if it's in Kansas City, whatever. Patrick Mahomes has to play on Sunday for the Chiefs to have a chance against the Buffalo Bills. And um, the Bills have been one of the best teams in football in the last two, three months of the year. Um, you are coming in facing a team that is red hot right now, that is doing everything right. Kansas City... Um, you know, it's going to be gonna have to be quite the week of practice if uh, Patrick Mahomes cannot give it a go. If Pat, and, and I would say the Bills still even have a shot even if Patrick does play. It's just not a given that Patrick being out there is going to secure victory of some sorts. The Buffalo Bills are capable of going into Arrowhead and in winning the AFC Championship. Get that in your head, Chiefs fans. This is not a given. This could happen. Josh Allen and company has been terrific all season long. Um Now, are we going to see Andy Reid run the football 40 times for over 250 yards like they did in the first meeting when these two teams met earlier in the year? Hell no. There's no chance that happens. Even if Chad Handy plays, I highly doubt we're going to see the Chiefs be able to run the football that much like they did previously. But nonetheless, um it's going to be a fun five in advance. Uh One more thing on the Chiefs, Harrison Butker. Um... um Harrison Butker, again, continuing to struggle. But missing the easy stuff, I'm very concerned about Harrison Butker. Uh, I would not bring back Harrison Butker next year. And I know that some people say, well, he's a young guy. He's just you know making some mistakes here and there. This is the National Football League. Kickers are replaceable. It's the most replaceable position in football. Um, if Harrison Butker can't make those kicks, he doesn't need to be on this roster. And, you know, the Chiefs, they're fortunate. You know, that's four points that they should have had, which they would have covered the spread, that eight point spread, if they would have gotten those points. Uh, but you got to wonder in these games, you're taking on the Bills or the Packers or the bucks that could be these, you know, one score games of sorts, you know, field goal difference. Can you trust Harrison Butker? So, um, that's one more point I would add is I'm very concerned about where Harrison Butker is at right now. I would move on from him next year and go bring in somebody else. Harrison had a great start to his career in Kansas City, but Chiefs uh, get the win over the Browns 22 to 17 and they will move on to the AFC title game. Now, let's look back at the rest of the weekend. The Packers get the win over the Rams 32 to 18. And uh, the Packers are in the NFC title game after this performance. Aaron Rodgers was great, close to 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff, man, um, you know with with the thumb, the thumb situation that he had, that broken thumb, uh, he still was 21 of 27 passing, uh, throwing the football. He had a touchdown, but. Uh, he was getting sacked, the offensive line was not getting the protection they needed, and, you know, the Rams would make a couple runs here and there, but you never felt like this game was in doubt. You never felt like that the Rams truly had a chance to win this game, and I think what you can point to early on in this Rams-Packers matchup is the fact that uh, Aaron Donald, who got injured after that great win he ha- they had against Seattle, Aaron Donald didn't look like the same player that we're accustomed to seeing from Aaron Donald. And for the Rams to win these playoff games, to have a shot, Aaron Donald's got to be playing at full strength. He's got to be playing great. And we just did not see that from Aaron Donald. It felt like when you turned on in the first quarter and Aaron Donald was banged up, and wasn't quite where he needed to be, then that was going to be it for the uh, L.A. Rams. That was kind of over before it started. Um, Because we saw the week before against Seattle that Jared Goff was able to play through the thumb thing, but Aaron Donald had to be on and play. Terrible, Jared Goff by any means. But not having Aaron Donald full strength to... The run game, um, I don't know if the Packers are going to much about Aaron Rodgers. How about the other Aaron? Aaron Jones, close to 100 yards rushing off of 14 carries, had that 60-yard run. Um, Packers were wanted to do since he took over the, as the Packers head coach was that they want to establish that run game and be able to rely on their run. And I think that's what's different about this ten in Tampa Bay and such, is that weather is not a factor for them. It does not affect them one way or the other, that you can run the ball against anybody in the NFL, um, that you can pass the football uh, and still have your run game to rely on if you need be, uh, running the football translates in cold weather, and that's what they figure out is that they can you know, execute both those things to a high level. It's incredible the balance that they have uh, going on there. And Devontae Adams, he's been one of the best receivers in football this year. But how about Alan Lazard? This was a guy from Iowa State that I loved watching in college, who was just terrific. Had incredible hands, great leaping ability, able to just run like a deer, and somehow goes undrafted. And ended up, what was it, with the Jags, the Dolphins, some, some one of those Florida teams, didn't make the roster. and and he was phenomenal four catches 96 yards a touchdown um what a night for alan lazard and um you know aaron Rodgers has been needing help we've said this for quite some time beyond just you know jones and adams um but lazard is a solid number two receiver and i liked what i saw from him they're going to need more of that from him if uh, they're going to make a run here, uh, they're going to go on to win the Super Bowl at, at this point. But a uh, good performance from Green Bay, they move on and uh, take care of business, and I uh, will host the NFC title game against uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. And you just got to like everything. Uh, you know this this Green Bay team, a well oiled machine. A lot of people were talking uh, about Green Bay, uh, similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know with Having the week off and such, were they going to look a bit rusty of some sorts? That was a question that was asked about Green Bay, but they knew the plan. They came, and they saw it, and they conquered, and uh, just a great win from Green Bay on that front. Buffalo with the 17-3 win over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, This game changed when uh, there was the, uh, the pick six by Teron Johnson, uh, the 101-yard pick six there in the third quarter that uh, you know pushed Buffalo ahead. That was kind of the uh, point of no return of sorts. Baltimore had a chance to go score, you know, make it uh, a close game there, and then we see uh, Johnson just take it to the house, and that was all she wrote at that point because that was essentially what a 14-point swing. Because the Ravens were on the verge of scoring seven themselves, and instead the Bills score seven. Um, You know, Lamar Jackson was struggling throwing the football down the field. Lamar is a terrific athlete, great runner, but he doesn't get the football down the two yards through the air, and that interception, that pick six, he ends up being a by any means. Uh, Baltimore, you know, it was their running game was by committee. Um, you know 150 yards but even Lamar Jackson off of a 100-yard performance against Tennessee the week before um, they held him to 34 yards rushing and on nine carries the Bills came in with a great game plan for Lamar Jackson they were able to uh, not only avoid Lamar from throwing the football down the field and uh you know do that but they didn't let him go off and have a big running day of sorts either um I mean, it was a great job by what sean mcdermott's staff put together to contain uh buffalo it was an amazing scheme defensively to just shut down baltimore in the way that they did josh allen 206 yards uh through the area at a passing touchdown uh josh allen made all the throws Running game. Baltimore did a really good job of shutting down the run, holding him to 32 yards, plays he needed to make. Uh, Stephon Stefan Diggs, has been one of the best receivers in football, it, they targeted him like eleven times. And he still found is that um, you know, these elite receivers find ways to make plays. You know, Jalen Ramsey was on Devontae Adams and that in you know, it Diggs did. And John Brown. John Brown, the pride of Pitt State, Kansas. Um, been a while since we called John Brown's name. He had kind of a down year this year. He had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. John Brown was a nice decoy of sorts for Stephon Diggs. As well as Diggs played, John Brown found himself getting involved and being a big part of this offense with 62 catches. I wa- I would watch out, you know, if if you're the Chiefs, or if the Buffalo Bills get to the Super Bowl, whatever it may be, um, something to look at with this Bills team is not only are you trying to slow down Josh Allen and slow down the run game with Devin Singletary, but this receiving core, it's not just Diggs, it's not just Dawson Knox or Cole Beasley, John Brown can go off. They have better weapons than what people think, what they give them credit for. Um, I like this Buffalo Bills team, but can't say enough about that defense. Um, You know, we mentioned the the pick six by uh, Johnson, but uh, uh, Edmonds was good. Uh, You know, Hyde was good. Um, You know, Wallace and Addison, you know, they got the pass rush going. Jerry Hughes had a couple sacks, four sacks, Uh, four sacks on – one of the fastest players in the league at Lamar Jackson. I mean, just a great win by Buffalo, and in particular that defense. One of the best offenses in football, but that defense came alive when it needed to, and I got a big win there. So the uh, Bills move on to the AFC Championship game. How about the uh, Bucks and the Saints? Talked about off the top of the show and what we learned about Tom Brady ending all conversations as far as winning the divorce with uh, Bill Belichick. Um, But I got to say, you know, looking at the Saints, first off, this was just sad, wasn't it? I mean, to see Drew Brees go out like that, the three-interception performance, his arm just not being there, um, you know, Father Time just caught up with Drew Brees. And, you know, I start to wonder too. I know that the Saints brought back Breeze this year and, you know, his teammates encouraged him, encouraged him to come back for one last final run, but it makes you think too. Even with that, how much better off would they have been this year? And I know it's he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the greatest to ever do it. If they would have drafted a quarterback a year or two ago, and put that quarterback in position to lead this team and such. How much did Drew Brees hold this team back? And it almost feels, um, you know, wrong to say of some sorts, but it's the truth. Drew Brees kind of held these guys back. The Saints had one of, if not the best defenses in football this year, they had a ton of weapons offensively with Kamara and. Uh, you know, with 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 uh, with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, uh, you know, Jared Cook. You know, just a stacked team. But Drew Brees made too many mistakes. The arm wasn't there. I mean, and he looked like the best quarterback of the Saints roster Sunday. I mean, what would Jameis? Do? I mean, Jameis throws even more interceptions. Who knows? But it, it just felt like this game. But. I'll say this, uh, on the opposite end of turnovers and to capitalize on those mistakes. And one, I picked the Bucs to win the NFC South. And I, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, actually, before the season began. And uh, one of the things I said about the Bucks when comparing them with the Saints, and it turned out I was very much right, was the Saints will be better during the year. But as the season goes along... The Buccaneers will figure out themselves, and they will be the better football team when it matters towards the end of the season. That's exactly what happened, despite the Saints even winning the division. Um, This is the third game this playoffs now where the division champion lost to a wild card team. Um, Isn't that crazy to think about? In their own division, right? These division titles are meaningless. They don't mean anything uh, when you see... Uh, Tom Brady, as far as getting better as the season goes along and such, we mentioned at the beginning of the year that hey, this Tampa Bay Bucs team is not only going to, uh, you know, uh, get better as far as everyone learning the playbook and. Adapting to what Brady wants to do and what Bruce Arians wants to do and mixing that all together and such. It was going to take time, not only because it was their first year together, but because of COVID and the limited action with the OTAs and all that offseason stuff, but the trust level. Wasn't it amazing to see the trust that Tom Brady had in Leonard Fournette? Um, Leonard Fournette was terrible receiving the football all year. All season long, Leonard Fournette was an awful receiver out of the backfield. Okay, and Leonard Fournette had more catches than anyone on the Tampa Bay Bucks roster on Sunday. Five catches for 44 yards. Um, that that's big as far as earning trust in adapting to what Tom Brady wants to do and what Bruce Arians wants to do. Um, you know, Brady is. Longest pass was 29 yards. And what did we tell you just a couple months ago that Bruce Arians wanted to push the football down the field way too much, um, didn't want to play to Brady's style, play to his strengths and such, and they adapted. They're doing what Brady wants to do, and it's working. Watch out. And you know, as we transition to talk about these Conference championship games. Here's what I would tell you um, as far as this goes. You know, people are pointing to, uh, you know, the Bucks being this, you know, warm weather team going into Green Bay. Um, think about this. Tom Brady, um, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, uh, those guys – Played in cold-weather atmospheres. Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, Gronk, Brady in New England. They played in big-time games in cold-weather atmospheres. This is the one team, warm-weather, sunny team of sorts, that it's not an issue of them playing in in a cold atmosphere. That's not a factor here, as it would be with almost anyone else in their situation. So I'm not worried about that. But Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay – um, they can beat Green Bay. They can. Do I think they will? I don't know. I'm going to think about it. We'll make our picks coming up on Thursday's show, for sure. And uh, the Saints. You move on from Drew Brees. You would like um, taste some hell's not the answer. Jameis Winston those answers, and um, you know I I, I don't know about. It on that Saints roster, but we'll see. But Tampa, they uh, move on in uh, the NFC Championship game. Now, if, fingers crossed, um, cancel the the honeydews, anything that you had planned for next Sunday, uh, literally nothing else. Um, the ratings are going to be incredible for these conference championship games. Brady and Rodgers, first time they've ever met in the playoffs – and then Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And you have two quarterbacks that are, you know, 25 and younger, and then two quarterbacks that are 30, what, eight, 39 and over. It's amazing. Two different eras of football that we're going to see on Sunday between these two. Um, and, you know, I, I think that if you had to point to two things, you know, for, for each game, you know, let's, let's start out with that Bucks and Packers game. Um, whoever establishes the run, and, and you know, that, that's going to be, I think, established. Um, and there's got to be a pass rush. Uh, when it comes to the Chiefs-Bills game, Patrick Mahomes' health status is the, the biggest one of all. Whether Patrick Mahomes plays or not, and then if he plays that 100% or not, is uh is factor number one in that ball game and then the the second factor to look for is is turnovers is josh allen you know this being his first afc championship game is he going to crumble under pressure and make a mistake or two can tyron matthew come up with that big play like he's been doing the last several weeks um is Patrick Mahomes? is he going to be all there? Is he going to make a mistake? What about – it's like, you know, playing Battleship and who's going to – or chess. For So there you have it. That's a look back at the uh, NFL playoffs this uh, past weekend and looking ahead to the conference championship weekend. We'll break it all down coming up on Thursday's show. We will see you then. And a reminder as always uh, to subscribe to the Jones Report. New episodes out each and every Monday and Thursday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Also on Facebook, uh Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group. Twitter at Tyler Jones Live at Tyler Jones Media Group. Instagram, Tyler Jones Live and Jones underscore report. And we will see you later on this week. Also got a new episode of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. uh, Former uh, NASCAR driver uh, and Daytona 500 winner Jeff Bodine is going to join us on this week's show. So make sure to check that out. If you get the chance, we would certainly appreciate it if you did so. And uh, also... The uh, premiere of uh, the new uh, TV network I'm working with with Great Television, Local News Live, is going to be this Wednesday. So we're certainly excited about that. We'll launch with the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th President of the United States. So uh, definitely want to check that out. I'll have some more details on my social media channels throughout the next couple of days on how you can access that and see our uh, live coverage of Inauguration Day coming up on Local News Live later on on a Wednesday, January 20th. So with that, we will see you on Thursday. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for spending part of it here on the Jones Report, and I hope you have a great Martin Luther King Day. We certainly thank uh, MLK for all he's done. Uh, You know, as uh, somebody with family in in Tennessee, in Memphis, uh, I've been uh, to, you know, the, the place where he was shot there. And following his story and such, what an incredible man Martin Luther King is. Can't say enough good things. And the uh, legacy that he left. Uh, you know, we, we all need to, you know, as, as far as there's so many different directions you could go with MLK, but I'll say this, um, you know, all of us, we need to leave a legacy, leave an impact of some sorts that people remember you for. And that's what you have with MLK is the... Uh, is the direction he pointed people to go, that inspiration, that movement of sorts. That's something that says a lot about MLK. So uh, with that being said, we'll, uh, we'll see you later. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks for joining us on you know, The Jones Report.